Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the great thing about humans, right? Individuals, we all have individual desires and wants. And I guess this is a process that you would go through with your clients. I do the same is kind of help your clients or help people figure out, you know, what do they really want out of life? And then, of course, using the business as a vehicle to help you get that. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Hey team, welcome back to another episode of the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. Our guest today is Alvin Narcy. Alvin is an expert on growing a retail business. His focus is around cash flow and profitability. In this episode, we talk about what every entrepreneur strives for, but can't always reach it. Why doing this one thing will increase profit and make your life a lot less stressful. And finally, how mindset plays into our success or a failure. Alvin brings great energy and wisdom to the show. I'm confident you're going to walk away with actionable tips. Let's get started. Hey, Alvin, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm going great, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'd love to start out with what do you do? What's your profession and kind of what got you there? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, I am a business coach and I help retail business owners improve their cash flow and profitability. So that's like my little niche. How I got here is a super fun story. So basically, I live in Germany at the moment, and I've been here for about nine months or so. Before that, I used to live in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. And I was a pharmacist. Actually, I probably still am a pharmacist. And uh, the previous 15, 16 years, I bought and sold large pharmacy-based businesses. And um, you know, in Australia, pharmacy is a retail kind of business, you know, obviously you're providing healthcare as well, but it's based on retailing. So that's how I got to where I am today. Wow. That's a cool story. So one thing I want to talk about before I get into more of the technical aspects of your experience, part of where you wanted to go was towards this lifestyle of freedom. Yes. And can you kind of give me the background on that? Like, you know, for one, is it what you thought it would be getting to the freedom stage? And then what made you want to go in that direction? Absolutely. So I guess essentially I've always had travel and adventure and uh, freedom as like this underlying 
I guess, value ever since I was a kid. You know, I didn't want to do any work at university. I didn't want to do any work at school. I was just too busy partying. <laughs> and then, you know, once I got into pharmacy school, went overseas, came back and I got into my first business and, you know, I worked with a business coach. And one of the first things that he got me to do was sort of understand my values, you know, and I was 27 years old. I was like, what the hell are values? Like, I don't know what this is. But anyway, through a process that he went through with me, we kind of understood what was really important to me. So, you know, this is really important. I hate being tied down. I like being free and experiencing adventure and taking lots of holidays and that kind of thing. So that's what we did. We set up my first business and the subsequent businesses after that so that I could really be happy. And the way that I'm happy is when I'm living my values. And, you know, so I guess in a certain sense, you know, since the first two or three years after getting into business, I've been fortunate enough to be able to live this lifestyle where I travel regularly. I, you know, I'm not tied down to my business as such, you know, and just kind of go in and make sure we're working on growth and that kind of thing. And so that sort of continued whilst I was buying and selling pharmacies. And, you know, as it evolved into the next stage of Alvin now, where I'm sort of, I look at this as a contribution as well as a business, you know, helping other business owners do the same. This is like another perfect opportunity to to try what I've been doing in a different country. And, um, you know, it's been super, super fun. Is it what you thought it would be? I mean, it sounds like when you say super fun, I guess I'm assuming it is. It's it's so much fun. I mean, last week I was hanging out in Milan. You know, we've just been doing a great deal of traveling based in Germany here. And, you know, I guess one of the one of the other fun stuff is I'm learning the German language. So yeah, it's been a really exciting time for me. I, I don't want to go back to Melbourne yet. Like I'm just having too much fun. That's so cool. Yeah. I love hearing that. You know, I haven't looked for it. It's just kind of found me. I've had several guests now in the last couple months and they all uh-huh. have had some nomad lifestyle or freedom lifestyle. I just find it fascinating. Everybody's definition too, by the way, of what freedom is different. Exactly. You know, for example, I had Alex on my show not too long ago and his definition was jumping in an RV with his wife and kids and going anywhere in the United States he wanted to go. And then there's others where it's hopping countries and others being near the beaches. It's really fascinating to me. It's totally. And this is the great thing, I mean, about humans, right? Individuals, we all have individual desires and wants. And I guess this is a process that you would go through with your clients. I do the same, is kind of help your clients or help people figure out, you know, what do they really want out of life? And then of course, using the business as a vehicle to help you get that, which is, you know, often for me, a a strange conversation to have with a client for the first time. Yeah, it is always interesting. I usually, as I start to get more personal, it's usually after a a few where I feel like, you know, there's a little bit better rapport, but I agree with you that initial, sometimes that, that personal of getting in deep, can be be interesting. Hey, I want to talk about, I love, so the dream oftentimes is selling your business. Mm. And the fact that you've bought and sold businesses, I'd love to know if along the way, have you learned some things like maybe you do different in, in what you bought or what you sold, things that maybe could be helpful to the audience as they're thinking about maybe selling or even buying? Absolutely. Yeah. So I've bought and sold uh, four or five large businesses. And yeah, I made so many mistakes, right? (laughs) We all do. You know, and we all do. So as you know, when when it got around to selling the first business, I was working with a coach and I sort of realized, you know, how much more I had to learn. And one of the major mistakes that I made was thinking I had my financials in order, you know, because when it comes, when you sell a business, 
as you know, when it comes down to the time of due diligence where the other party that's interested in buying your business wants to open up the books and rightly so verify your numbers. And then, you know, you as the business owner think, oh yeah, I'm sure my accountants handled all that. No, ultimately you're the source, you're feeding all the data to the bookkeeper or the accountant. So that was so much fun and really, really stressful. And I realized after selling the first one, how disorganized I was, you know, like I, I thought I had this under control, but um, that was one of the, the really fun mistakes that I made. But, you know, after that, I was really, really good at correcting and ensuring that later on down the track, we're maintaining really, really good books and numbers. And, you know, that also has trickle down effects as an owner, as I grew wiser and began to understand my business a lot better, having these numbers easily, readily available and accurately available helped me make a whole heap more intelligent decisions in my business. Is there a way, so a lot of clients and prospects that I talk to, you know, they're not, not all, but I would say probably at least 60%, their numbers just aren't their thing. Like they just, you know, they scare you. The more you talk about them, the more scared they get, or they've, to your point, they're just delegating it to a bookkeeper or a CPA or accountant and the data isn't even accurate. And so what's your opinion? Like, how do you break that down? So it's not so scary, but it's kind of, I don't even want to call it a necessary evil because it's truly important to know your numbers and understand your business. How do you make that more digestible? I guess is the way I'd say it. Absolutely. Yes. So this is a super common problem. And the way I got around it, the way it was taught to me, and this is what I work with my clients, just really, really simplify it. All right. We quite often as business owners tend to overcomplicate things. And, you know, I guess it's from looking at the reports that we get from our accountant or bookkeeper, we see piles and piles of reports and numbers and ledgers. Like, you know, what does all this mean? And we tend to push it aside. This has been my experience personally and working with clients. So I think it's really important that, you know, you kind of, you need to have an understanding of what's really essential or the fundamentals of your business and really simplifying it to that. And, you know, that's not saying that you overlook all your numbers and, you know, you need to look at them. But I think it's about understanding for your business, what's going to be the numbers that are really important to you. And of course, I think there are some fundamentals, which obviously I think are across all businesses. You know, you need to be And you need to ensure that you understand the flow of cash through your business. You have some sense of profitability and KPIs and, you know, and and those kind of things. So I guess the long answer to your question, let's just try and keep it simple and keep a narrow focus on things that we can manage and easily understand. And then it sounds like your guidance also would be like, stay the course. Like you really need to know your numbers. There isn't a way really to get around that. We can we can make it digestible, but you still need to know them. It's just a critical part. Would you agree with that? 100%. It's super critical. I mean, understanding your basic numbers, right? And this is, this is not something that's new in business. I mean, this is fundamental across all businesses, uh, cash flow, profitability, just your basic numbers we need to get around. And, you know, there are very simple ways to keep track of it, which is the first thing that I would recommend that, that, that you do. And, you know, once you simplify the process, you can have a look at the numbers and, you know, get into a rhythm of, I suggest, anyway, I work with retail clients, but I suggest we look at our numbers weekly because in the retail game, that's how things kind of change. That's the market really. But nevertheless, as long as you get into a habit of looking at them regularly, and that's really the way that you can start to make some intelligent decisions in your business to, to drive it forward, you know? So keep it simple. Yeah, I like that. Now, you mentioned the one business coach when you were earlier in your career, yes. getting your your values down of what's important to you. 
was that the first business coach you used? Or I think you have stories around success the business coaches have helped you with. Is that the same one or has there been others? I've had a few business coaches. Yeah. So Casey was my very first business coach when I got into business. And as you evolve, I've had mindset coaches, I've had mentors. Uh, I've happened to you know be involved in mastermind groups, which have been really, really great as well. Yeah, so I've had the whole gamut. And then, you know, I had another business coach just uh, last year when I sold my business. I was working with Glenn for a, a couple of years, I think. And uh, it was actually Glenn that got me into, that highly suggested, you know, I, I get get into coaching as well. So yes, I've had a few. And very cool. I've always, you know, once I worked with a coach once, I always enjoyed and realized and understood how that could help me hack the curve, so to speak. You know, I could get results faster without sort of fumbling my way through it. So once I realized that, you know, it just makes it so much the value proposition for me to get a coach, you know, whether I'm learning tennis or learning how to do a deadlift or a squat, which is why I'm getting a coach. I'm using a coach for that now. uh, It just makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So mindset, you mentioned a mindset coach. Mm. Where does mindset in your mind fit in with business success? Like, is that a big part? I mean, I know we hear a a ton of it online. Yes. And I don't know if that's because just a lot of people can talk about it or is it really that important? What's your take on that? I'd love to know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really, really important because... So for me, I mean, the way it was realized to me, having a, a really good mindset, whatever that means, I mean, that means like a positive mindset, an opportunistic mindset, you know, kind of is like sets the sail for you as a person, I believe. And so... What it is, I think it's a, it's about understanding what drives you, what your values are, some of the things that we spoke about earlier. And, you know, your mindset sort of becomes that course correction. When things get tough in business, and it's never going to happen in your business, but, you know, <laughs> but when things get tough and you, you know, you get slightly start to get derailed a little bit, it's actually your mindset that will sort of bring you back and course correct because having an understanding of, why you're doing all of this, why you're in business and what you're trying to achieve really is the course corrector, right? And I firmly believe that. So yes, mindset is super, super important. Do you find this in your client base? I'm always a little surprised how people that are running a business, this isn't always true, but it definitely shows up occasionally, really do lack confidence or lack like they're going in the right direction. And there is a, it is a mindset issue, I would say. Do you see that a lot? All the time. And I yeah. think... It's because many of us who get into business are technicians. I mean, I was the same. I was a pharmacist, right? And so, you know, I'm there to help patients and that kind of thing. And so, you know, you want to, you get into a business because, you know, like Michael Gerber said, as we know, you're a technician, you can do the right things. You can do the continual things without paying, you know, the mindset piece sort of comes up maybe, but then we kind of push it to the side. I believe because a lot of, a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends think also a little bit woo woo. Right, right. You know, it's like, yeah, but um, yeah, so I think that's the main reason. It, and, you know, as we go on this journey of business and as we start to grow and develop our business, you know, this mindset piece becomes so much more important, right? And we realize it. And if you look at whatever you'd call a successful business person or someone that's grown, grown a lot of large businesses, you'll see that this mindset or this confidence piece is such a big part of what they do, right? Of what they are. 
Yeah, so true. Hey, I've never really asked this question before, but it's gnawing at me. You've worked with several business coaches. In fact, you've worked with coaches in general. Yes. If someone was out in the audience and they're like, hey, maybe I might want to work with a business coach, or maybe I might want to work with any type of coach that maybe they haven't. Can you kind of tell us how do you pick a good one? Like what would be, what would your criteria be to find someone that's effective? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm getting really good at finding coaches and working with coaches, right? So apart from the obvious, which is doing a Google search and reading the reviews and all that kind of thing, I think what it really boils down to, if I look at all the people that have helped me and that I've worked with, there's been a resonance with personality and a resonance with like-mindedness, right? So for instance, Casey, the first, first business coach I work with, you know, he was into athletics and running at the time. And so was I, and he was young and, you know, we had this similar kind of a mindset and, you know, we, we kind of got along, like we vibed. And I think that's really important because, you know, at the same time, your coach has got to be objective for you, but for you to feel confident in implementing the strategies that they're going to be suggesting, there's got to be some sort of, uh, I don't want to say bond, but, you know, there's got to be some level of familiarity or, you know, you just got to be comfortable with them is basically what I'm saying. And, you know, I've worked with coaches before where I'm just like, oh, you know, there might be a communication issue. Like, you know, they just really don't get what I'm trying to think. Or if I say something, you know, they might not fully understand it and vice versa. And um, yeah, so ultimately I think it really boils down to talking to a few and just seeing how, how the vibe is like really. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying connection. There's some oh level my God. of connection that's that you have. That's the word. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's okay. Sorry. It's easy when you're the guy on the other side and you're just like, uh, get to re paraphrase your words. But right. I was also going to ask you, have you ever, ever had a bad experience? And I think you kind of covered yes. it. They're not so much a bad experience, but just where there isn't a connection. There is. Yeah. I, in fact, I just had one. I just ended that um, working relationship just two weeks ago. And um, yeah, it was, there was just no connection. We were doing things together and there was just no synergy, no connection, like you said. And, you know, I just felt like I wasn't being understood from my needs and and what they were trying to deliver to me. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so you, it still happens. Like, yeah. I mean, I've used my share and, and what I've found exactly what you said in terms of like, you just feel like you can get on the same page and it's really night and day. And that's kind of the th- the weird thing about coaching is if if you get someone that's syncing with you, you call it hack, which I like that word better. I call it fast track. Yes. Um, you kind of fast track everything, right? But on the flip side, if there isn't that synergy, it's you get com- probably come away thinking coaching isn't effective. I hate to say it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a real common experience. And so that's why I think there is a real proliferation of coaches now in all fields, right? And that's the reason why is that you just need to find someone that resonates with you and you connect with. So, Hey, this is Tyler. Oftentimes, business owners and entrepreneurs hire me because they are stuck. Their business is stuck. They've hit a wall and can't take their business to the next level. And they're frustrated. When I grew my second business, it took me a while to get the pieces to fit. But once they did, the business scaled fast. In fact, it grew to 25 million in annual revenue and ultimately sold for eight figures. So I decided to put together a roadmap for scaling a business. I wanna help stuck business owners that wanna scale, but are having challenges. It's called the Scale in Five Roadmap, and you can get a copy by doing the following. Text the number 55444 and type the word scale and hit send. A copy of the roadmap will be sent to your inbox. 
So that's why I think there is a real proliferation of coaches now in all fields, right? And that's the reason why is that you just need to find someone that resonates with you and you connect with. So, Yeah. You also mentioned masterminds. Yeah, Interestingly enough, I, I recently rolled out a mastermind. I'm a big believer in them. What's your take on masterminds? And then just for the audience, I just want to share a mastermind is where each, there's, let's call it one for business owners. They can be on any topic. Yes. It's one for each business owner. There's usually a set number of people and each business owner gets an opportunity to share a challenge they're having. They get on what's called a hot seat. And then the group collaborates along with the facilitator, which usually is someone that um, has experience in that area. So I'd love to know what are your thoughts on them? Oh my God. I have two masterminds at the moment. I actually just had a mastermind meeting today with fellow coaches, but I really loved it. The first time I was in a mastermind, it really blew my mind because here I was, I was able to have a conversation with other business owners who knew exactly what I was going through, even though they weren't in my pharmacy industry as such, but they were running businesses, right? And it was just really easy to connect. They understood what I was going through. And, you know, just that camaraderie and that vibe that was created from a mastermind was just amazing, fantastic. And of course, like you said, you know, we're, we're there to help each other and support each other. And it's, you know, it's, it's like a really relaxed environment. You can talk, well, in my masterminds, I've been so comfortable that all of us have been able to talk numbers. There's no judgment, you know, and just positive help along the way. So really like that idea of a mastermind. And I think it's so important. And, you know, I'm still part of, from my first business coach, Casey, there's a mastermind that we were part of then. And a few of us now that, you know, we no longer use him as a business coach, but we still keep together and we met regularly in Melbourne, we've got a Facebook group and there's five of us and, you know, we've just got a nice vibe happening and openly uh, discuss our business. That is so cool. So it's been quite a while that you guys have now been together. How, are we talking, how many years is that? Yeah, I would say, so this mastermind, probably about eight or nine years, wow. I think, with these guys. Really good. Are you seeing among the group, are you guys all kind of girl, ladies and guys kind of growing? All guys in our group. And it just so happened that way. But yeah, amazing growth, personal growth, and also obviously business growth. And, you know, a couple of us have transitioned, like I've transitioned industries, if you will. You know, it's fantastic. And the great thing for me is now that I'm in Germany, we've had a Facebook group for a while and we just all do our lives. We check in every so often. And, you know, during the pandemic, we were doing Zoom meetings and just catching up on Zoom. So... Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. I think... Yeah, so cool. I love that. Sorry. Yeah, I think masterminds are so important. It's not until you get into one that you realize, wow, there are people that understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah, that connection again and camaraderie. Now, I will say though, masterminds, unfortunately, I think have the same thing as coaches. If you aren't put in a group where the facilitator, the person leading it is really vetting those people, because my first mastermind, this is many years ago, I'm a lot older than you. It, it was it was just not that great. I mean, I, and maybe it was me, frankly, wasn't mentally ready, but there wasn't really good vetting. And it was like, it just felt awkward. There was never that connection where you just throw out numbers. It just felt kind of uncomfortable. So I think once again, it's kind of that mix has to really be there. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, it's that whole connection thing as well. You know, if you find the, you just need to find the right community to connect with. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you some questions related to like KPIs, metrics, 
dashboard scorecards. They have all kinds of different names. Yeah. Where does that fit in for a business owner? Are they, and I know your niche is retail, so maybe you could answer it in even two part. What are kind of the general ones and then maybe ones that are specific to retail just to help people regardless of the industry they're in? Absolutely. So I think two mistakes that business owners make with key performance indicators, right? One, they don't have them at all. Or two, they have too many and they overcomplicate it and then they get into this analysis paralysis. So they're the two things I see all the time. And I think, you know, KPIs are definitely important because ultimately we want to work towards, you know, finding levers in your business that we can pull that will drive the business forward. There are some general KPIs that, you know, across most businesses we can we can start to track. And these are metrics, like I said, that you want to track that your team and yourself can start to improve and you can represent your progress in a way that's easy and uh, you know you can make intelligent decisions from them. So common KPIs that we see across all businesses, really, I think the, the major one that's applicable to most businesses is your average sale per client or your average dollar sale or some metric like that. And that's a, a really good one across all businesses. So I think if you're if you're measuring that, you need to, sorry, you need to measure that because it's one of those things that you can improve without a lot of marketing spending. You can do a lot of internal things to move that dial. So that's one of the critical ones that I think we should be tracking as a business. The other one I think is super important is your gross margin or your margins or however that represents in your business. Just having an understanding that you know your one at benchmark. Hopefully, you know the benchmark for your industry. And two, benchmark for you based on your circumstances and how you're running a business, whether your margins are, you know, high enough and because quite often they're, you know, some business owners are running low. So they're the main things. And then, you know, if we get into my jam, which is retail, there are some specifics on top of that. You know, we like to track, you know, I think this is applicable to, we need to other industry. We, it's really important that we track our labor or labor costs or wages costs, however you want to look at it. And also something like rent is really important, a percentage of, of turnover and that kind of thing. So, you know, they're the, the couple of things that we like to track in retail world. And I think all up, I think it's really important. The way I like to get my clients to look at it is let's pick some meaningful KPIs. You know your business. Let's, uh, and there are some that I recommend, but eventually we want to make it so simple that one of your team members is reporting it back to you and representing your KPIs. And I just like to use an A4 piece of paper. We set up some sort of graphing system or table system. I don't like to get too fancy. There are certainly some amazing software out there and I've used some of them in my business before, but it can get a little bit tricky with integration, especially in in retail land when you have a point of sale system talking to a, a software. But the point is, Let's just put it put it on a piece of paper, get someone to fill it out, take a photo, send it to you, just something so we can visually see what's happening. Right. So I, key takeaways there, some don't do it at all, mm-hmm. which is obviously a problem. Some do way too many KPIs and then they're just stuck in a lot of minutia. Yes. And then if you do do it, keep it simple. Like keep it very, I love the fact that you just say, you know, A4 paper, just keep it really simple, really digestible um, because then you're likely to keep doing it too, Right. Exactly. So this tracking of KPIs is something that, you know, I believe we need to track a weekly and it's something that eventually you are going to give the responsibility to someone else. So it's, you know. Got it. Real great answer. Very thorough. And then just really quickly for, for retail, does inventory a lot of times play into like a KPI in terms of inventory turnover? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
So we, we have uh, overall inventory and then we have this nuance called stock turn, you know, which is based on how much sales we're making and how much stock we're having. So the little minutiae stuff like that. But yeah, definitely, I mean, inventory is is so big in a retail business because that can suck up your cash if you don't manage that correctly. And you need to sort of track where you're at because it's too, it's so easy to, you know, overload yourself with stock and just spend too much. Absolutely. You know, you just brought up the word cash and that kind of takes me into my next question. Is there a, a best way or a right way to track and forecast your cash flow? And, and is it important to do that? Yes, absolutely. It's so important. The first time I track cash flow myself, and the, usually 90% of the time when my clients track cash flow, it's like you're wearing x ray gra- glasses, right? The whole world opens up. So I think the issue with cash flow. Uh, and the way that I recommend you go about tracking it is slightly different to an accounting version or or, uh, or a bookkeeping version. But basically, for us to make, I believe, for us to make intelligent decisions in our business, all we want to do is just understand how the cash is flowing through the business, right? And we just keep it really, really simple. Like really, all we're doing is logging into our bank account. And I, in retail world, I like to do it weekly because the market changes. But you know, in, in any business, you just need to work out what's right for you. But um, if we're just starting out weekly, it's also really good. But all we're doing is looking at what income came into the business, what did we pay out in terms of expenses and other things, and making sure that the figure left over matches what's in our bank account. And that's it. Just really, really simple. Use a Google sheet or an Excel sheet. And it's just simple transposing of data. And once we start doing that, once we've got 12 weeks of data, most businesses are really cyclical, right? So once we've accurately tracked 12 weeks of data, that's just the number that I think is, is about right. And it's worked for me. So once we've done 12 weeks of data, you know, we can start to see the ebbs and flows in our business. And it makes it, I believe, really with a high degree of probability to start predicting the next 12 weeks. And you can start working the numbers. But then how does this, how does this come to you in real life? Like, what does this mean in real life as a business owner? So, you know, I always give the example like, okay, so... We've perhaps we've got a supplier, we want to make a capital investment or something like that. It's going to cost us five grand, whatever it is, that figure. What impact, if we pay for that today, what impact does that have 12 weeks down the track? Are we going to get into a situation where, oh my God, we're, we're going to run out of money? And how are you going to know? Or the fact that, and you can make decisions like, okay, we're going to drop that 5K, for instance, we might run out of money. So perhaps we should look at other options of funding this capital purchase. So you, know, you can just start to make some very basic intelligent decisions just by looking at what's going to happen uh, in the future. Oh, that's a great answer. That's very clear. I like the way you're right. You make it very approachable and simple yes. by the way you do it. So that's great. Yeah. I think, yeah, I try not to overcomplicate it. Keep it really simple. Let's do it weekly. And let's get into a regular rhythm. And you know, for us in retail world, it's Monday, Monday to Sunday is the trading week. Yeah. And we just do that. Yeah. So one of the common things that when we talked about this a little bit is that whole freedom thing. Hmm. Uh, you know, getting freedom out of your business. But along with that, even if freedom isn't one of your goals, there's this concept which Emith, you mentioned, you mentioned Michael Gerber, is this whole concept of working on your business rather than in it. Can you talk about that a little bit? Why is it important? What are things that we can do? What levers can we pull to to kind of get ourselves out of the weeds, so to speak? 100%. So why is it important? I think it, it goes back to that mindset piece of really understanding what you want this business to provide for you. And I think that's a real driving force, having that vision. 
Because if you know that you want freedom or you might not even want freedom, if you know you only want to work four days a week or you want to make sure you finish off at 2 p.m. so you can pick up the kids, et cetera. So whatever you want out of your business, once you've got that right, then you need to start. That's going to be the, the propulsion or the impetus that's going to allow you to then fully understand, I can't be doing everything in this business, right? And then from there, it's about realizing then, okay, I can't be doing everything in my business with the other stuff that I want to do. What do I have to do as the business owner? And really, you you should get to the realization that, you know, your time is best spent on high-level business growth, really. Like, you know, working out opportunities where you're going to take this business, working out on initiatives and that kind of thing. And so, you know, then it's about really just walking back or working back, I beg your pardon, and you've got that fun task of now trying to figure out what are all the things that you are doing in the business that you can now start to, you know, get somebody else to do. So, yeah. So I think that's really, really important. So when, to get out of the weeds, you need to get actually, you're, you're in the weeds and you need to do that fun task of writing. We do a time audit with my clients. Basically, just for the week, we just write down every single thing that they're doing. It's really painful, I know, but <laughs> you do it once and hopefully you get into a rhythm of it. And then you realize like, wow, I've created this time dump of all the things that I do. And the next step is just looking at, okay, what excites me? What do I really don't want to do? And that's one part, especially in retail world, we can give to another team member. And then, you know, we create a little bit of time and then that's, we just need to take baby steps. I think... The biggest mistake is you know, like most business owners either get overwhelmed from writing down everything or they take, get two hands off from the beginning and that creates problems as well. Yeah, both those extremes are for yeah. challenging. You know, before I wrap up, I have a couple more questions for you. I, want, I do want to ask you, can you share a little bit more and you were getting into it there a little bit. What do you do if a client, someone wanted to reach out to you, kind of understand what you do? Can you give us in a nutshell? I know retail is your niche. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So, Usually when, when people come to me, uh, they're usually in a cash flow situation. They're running out of cash, and which is very common in retail world. Yeah. And they're finding they've got no profitability in their business. or they, They're just basically at a loss in what's going on with, with all the cash in their business. So the way I help, I just have a very simple three-step process. I get them to work on and understand the visibility of the numbers in their business, which we spoke briefly about. Then we start to look at ways that we can flush their bank account with cash. And then we work on their profit piece. So I keep it really, really simple. We just work on three areas in their business, which really, this is not anything new. This is like business fundamentals, but it's amazing when you work with somebody who can sort of sort of give you a little pat on the bottom and get you to think about things. And really, I think it's almost like taking that, you know, the time that you spend away from your business, talking to a coach or a mentor or something, uh, that extra time just gets you thinking, you know, Oh, what what's possible in your business. But um, yeah, they're the three areas that I work on. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing that. Now, my last question is kind of a fun one. I always love to end with, if you could share with us like a business or a life tip that we can apply to make our life better or our business better. Anything you got off the top of your head? Yeah, wow. Where do I start? I'm a <laughs> firm believer in meditation. Like uh, meditation has been super powerful for me. I have a practice that I've been doing for a long time now. But it, I think... You know, meditation, it's, it's got this bad rep. I think it's like, you know, you need to be sitting for hours at a time. I think just a small five-minute meditation, and it can be anything, right? I think meditation is one of those things 
where you need to find a style of meditation that resonates with you and that connects with you again. And thinking it can only be five minutes. It can only be five minutes to start off with. So I think finding that practice in your life can have dramatic effects, not only in your business, but personal life. And, you know, once, and I think the the trick is to find that style and to find that space to create that five minutes. And then from there, it it can just develop and grow. So, so I, I meditate an hour every morning. I practice a style of meditation called Vipassana. I do retreats where I go for 10 days and, and meditate the whole time and don't talk to anyone, but you, you don't need to go to that level. Like I, I started with a guided meditation, you know, on my iPod, basically. Wow. An hour, that seems like a long time. I haven't meditated recently. I was in a really good streak for a while and I could do it for about 10 minutes. And I just yep. felt like my brain started falling apart after 10 minutes. I couldn't fight off the thoughts after a while. It, I mean, and that still happens to me every day in my practice, right? And so, you know, I mean, that's the whole practice in itself is like, oh, I'm sitting down, I'm realizing I'm thinking about ice cream. Let me come back to the present moment. And then you're there for what seems like five seconds and I'm thinking about chocolate cake and then I'm coming back. But but yes, my one hour practice in the morning goes very quick. So, but for me, but you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. that that's a great tip. Hey, so I'll put this in the show notes at thinktyler.com. In fact, I'll put all your uh, links, Instagram, awesome. Facebook, LinkedIn. But your your main link you wanted me to share and I'm happy to do so is linkedin.com slash IN slash Alvin Narcy and Narcy is N-A-R-S-E-Y. You could probably just Google Alvin Narcy LinkedIn and you'll Absolutely. get his link. Connect with him there. Is there anywhere else where you'd like people to reach out to you or is that the best spot? That's the best spot. I am all over the internet. Like if you just type my name, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, everything, there's content everywhere. So yeah, let me know that you heard me here on Think Tyler and we can continue the conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Alvin. I really appreciate you are a blast to listen to. I can tell you have a lot to offer to your clients and people that reach out to you. So thanks for being on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Tyler. That was so much fun. Thanks again. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.
Electricast.